Bantertown Central. Oh, yeah. Yep. As opposed to Bantertown East or yeah. West, I guess. I don't know. I don't really do areas of town. I'm from South Central Bantertown. It's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> it's very bad. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Talk About That. I'm here with my friend Johnny. Hello. And uh, we're excited to get to talk again with you. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good stuff from the. Do you listeners. think anyone's ever not excited? To be People honest, that. We what a just, great yeah. show we have for you. Yeah, we should. Just we're open. so excited. But I mean, nobody's that excited. I don't know. I'm pretty excited. I mean, I, I like, I like doing this. I do too. But, but you, but yeah, you can't come I need on. You if, to take it down. If you're having an off day, you can't come on and be like, you know what? Yeah, just, skip uh, this uh, one. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty mediocre. Yeah, you do, today. Do you, have, do you have that thing on your on your phone where you can listen to podcasts at 1.5 times. Yeah. Do you ever do it? No, my wife does though. I don't understand. I see. I saw that it was a feature. I've actually hit the button before. Yeah. You know, I accidentally hit, it and it's like, and you're just like, what is happening? I've done it on audiobooks before, but not on podcasts. But can you absorb the information at that speed? I've done it on audiobooks when it was like, okay, for a research assignment, I, I have to get this information in my head, but I don't really want to, I don't yeah. really care if I enjoy as I go. That's what I'm saying. Just, Podcasts, if you're listening to them for enjoyment, yeah. like, why would you want to hear, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think about that whole like. That Somebody's whole, listening to this comment at 1.5 speed. Right, because they have to get their podcasting in for the day. Yeah. Like at, at some point, I think about all those things that we use to self-improve, you yeah. know? I'm a, I used to be a real big like self help like go on vacation and read two or three spiritual growth books yeah and, and, and you know and I still now you write two or three spiritual growth books on vacation <laughs> or I would do that she's like I got something to say do you know I try really hard not to write on vacation anymore my oh, wife nice. my wife is supportive if I if I need to but I try not to just because I think at some point I'm being ridiculous like I need to unless I'm just some under some deadline and it had to fall right then but. Well, that's what happens when you keep saying yes, John. You're going to be under a deadline. Well, I need to pay my house off. I don't know what you want from me. Like I'm trying to leave something for. The yeah, God family. forbid you have a mortgage like the rest of us. Hoy polloi. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I got a long ways to go, bro. Yeah, because you have a pool. <laughs> okay, nobody made you buy that house. Actually, someone did. Your house is super. <laughs> your house is super nice. We really are surprised we're in that house. It's actually turned out very. Uh, it's it's in the part of Mount Juliet, Johnny, that you just can't find houses in. Right. And uh, it's in the county, but it's still Mount Juliet. So my neighbors behind me have bought chickens because you can do that in the county. No HOA, and which we talked about last week. Yeah. The HOA is a nightmare. Yeah. So there's a rooster now. But see, that's the danger of not having the HOA is they could paint their shutters pink and you can't do anything about it. They could have roosters. It. Yeah. There's a rooster now. Does he wake you up? Well, you're up early. Um, I usually, you know, we we sleep in like a sound vortex. Like there's a fan. Like we sleep with noise. Is that anything like the polar vortex? <laughs> well, we also sleep. We sleep in a polar. For, yeah, so, we keep it cold in my bedroom too. So our friends, uh, Matt and Linnea, so they had to, they were here looking for houses last year. Yeah, and they ended up getting snowed in at our house, and so we we always talk about the. Have we talked about this? Before on the podcast, no, it doesn't oh matter. Nobody cares. Like anybody's listening to every episode. Someone out there, hey, this is episode fifty-one. Someone out there is fifty-one. They're going back. They're they're right now binging. Talk about that. But anyway, they're from Florida, and they they come up here. We keep our house. Like, you froze. They froze them to death. Oh right? yeah, they're dying. They're like, why is it so? And so we went to stay with them because yeah. uh, when we went down to Tampa, 
and we were burning alive. Yeah. And so we had, that was one of those moments where we walked out and we finally all just told each other that, wow, your house is way too That's cold. That's when you know you're in close community with somebody. Yeah. You can be like, you guys are freaks. Like, what's going on here? But you guys don't have like a lockbox on your thermostat, do you? They could just go mess with it. No. Do you do that? How how close would you have to be to somebody before you'd mess with the thermostat at their house? I'll mess if my father in law's listening. You know, he'll he'll <laughs> he'll he'll think it's too cold at our house. Although yeah. we found out that our windows, so they're old windows, that they were slightly like the top part had slid down. Yeah. So at one point they were we were freezing them out in the winter. It was because the daggum windows were open. Oh uh, right. <laughs> so there was like Arctic air coming in. Arctic. Arctic. You got to put that. Scene okay. In. So when I did this, one time I did this show in uh, Phoenix. Uh, it was a campus ministry thing, so I stayed at the house of the campus pastor. Oh, and this had uh, to be early on. Yeah, it was early on. So I was just like, "Whatever, I'll stay." And why well, you say that? Because now I can't any nothing but the Ritz Carlton for me. Well, no, but <laughs> <laughs> you've changed, bro. But you do that a lot. You because people would be like, "Here, we can we can only afford to pay you this, and you'll have to stay with us, and we'll eat meals together." And you'd be like, "Okay, sure, it's fine." So we went in, and I woke up in the middle of the night just drenched just covered in sweat i wake i walk down the hallway their thermostat is set to 80 degrees wow on purpose yeah and i go 80 i go this must be a mistake (laughs) so i just start cranking that bad boy down to like 72 71 i go back to bed i hear it kick on you know it's a it kicks on i'm like okay i'm back i wake up the next day we're eating breakfast and they're just like so how's everything they're just talking to their kids and they look over me they go hey um did you and then they just i knew it was coming you know i was like yeah i i may have cranked it down a few degrees i was i was melting in there they're like yeah we can't they were like that was they were like panicked evidently if you drop your thermostat below 80 in oh. phoenix arizona your electric bill is going to be 500 dollars wow. every time and they all have pools like everybody in phoenix has a pool because and i said that's why because you'll burst into flames if you don't have right. a pool, you got to go. There's just something to jump into when yeah. you're on fire. So I didn't know that, but that's evidently in Phoenix, man. You didn't. Know, it's a dry heat. They'll tell you it's not the same. But I'm telling you, I was sweat. It was real sweat that I was sweating, laying in bed. That's yeah. the that's the worst sweating oh, in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I can't. Can't do it. Nope. By the way, it reminds me of one of my one of my favorite jokes of yours. You know, every every week I remind you of jo- jokes early on. Yeah, that, that would be one of it's your. It's probably early, what I'm still doing, and I'm embarrassed. That one of your I'm early doing tweet that. song was Arizona, Arizona makes me nauseous, but it's a dry heave. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I so think good. I still do that sometimes. I I think I do it in Arizona. Sometimes jokes really work in the area that they're about. Yeah, like I have one that I only do in Texas, and it's uh, if I had a security system company here, I would call it Water Burglar <laughs> because they don't have Water Burger here, so I couldn't. But right. sometimes I'll get to Texas and I'll forget to do that joke. And oh. and I'll be like, well, now I can't tell it. I'm you, not going to Topeka. They you don't know, have... my, my first Whataburger experience was with you, and it was in Destin, Florida. Was it uh, Was it uh, everything that you had hoped? You know what? I was blown away by it. I like Whataburger. Like, everyone freaks out about In-N-Out. When we go to Dallas, everyone freaks out. In-N-Out Burger. And it's like, you know, In-N-Out Burger is just okay to me. Like, I like In-N-Out Burger better than the fries. The fries are not as great. I don't really get it, though. It's just a burger. Like what's the what's I'm know. sorry and, and even people will freak out. They do. They, they hear mad. me say They're this. Very They're very burgers. angry right now that I'm talking about. I think like it's this. a regional thing too, and I would think people are defensive of two things too: chili and barbecue. And yes. I think it depends on what chili and what barbecue you were raised with, right? Because that locks in like what chili is supposed to taste like. 
So if you go, man, you can't get good or you can't get good Mexican here. Are you kidding me? It depends on what you ate when you were in eighth grade. Yep. That's the chili barbecue and Mexican food. Of It's locked in. Well, you know, we went to Cancun for our honeymoon and we were out on this beach. So, I mean, I, out in Mexico, away yeah. from the resort, like on an on a excursion kind of thing. And literally, I ordered fajitas at a restaurant and I was so disappointed because I grew up yeah. with – Southeastern United States, yeah. quote unquote, authentic, what it right. looks like. And it was nothing like that. Yeah, your fajitas were made by Steve. It was very, it was very different, you yeah. know, in Mexico. And so you're, it's funny how you begin to go, well, this is not, these are not right. It's like, actually, these Joey, are, you're my buddy, in Mexico. My buddy Joey Allo had a thing about that, about how Chipotle, when the big roundup started happening with ICE and started rounding up all the illegals, he's like, he goes, they fired all the illegals at Chipotle. I can't get, you can't. You don't want your fa- you don't want your burrito folded by Brad. Brad can't fold. This is kind of funny. <laughs> the, the, the unintended consequences of the illegals roundup. No, but it's a it's a you talk about the so we went to well okay let's stay on point here Johnny. No, so water trail so Whataburger. Yes, like good. Really, really good. We had it like midnight one it's night. It's a little bit like a Sonic burger, though. It's a big burger. It's, it's a big, wide big burger. Big old, big, big burger. So I it reminds it. me of a kind of a Sonic burger to me. Yeah, but it, and I like Sonic. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And then, But nobody would ever say Sonic is their favorite burger. Well, yeah, because people have – isn't it funny? If, if it is, why can't we say it, Johnny? Where's the shame that comes from just saying we like things? Like why do we yeah, have to – be a part of this whole people facade want, I think it's charade. because people want to be tastemakers. They want to be shown that, yes, I have good taste. I like things. So it's like people just get in these groups. Yeah. You know? And so you want to be, oh, he likes that too? It's it's very, I don't know. I don't understand the rules like that. Like fashion is a big, is a big like confusion to me. Yeah. Because, you know, for example, like my wife now has bought these beautiful blue jeans and they're like now baggy again at yeah, the feet, right? And like what? Just last year, everyone's wearing skinny jeans that look like someone painted them onto your ankles. Yeah. And I go, how do you? And and, and if you're wearing the wrong one, like this is I'm talking this this trend just changed. Yeah. And if you're wearing the wrong one, like. It's a it's cause for ridicule in American culture. Are mom jeans going to come back? Is and that going to happen? I don't know, but you're going. Yeah. Does no one realize that? Like I don't know. Two weeks ago, this was cool and this was not. And well, now y'all literally switched them. Right, and we're in Nashville, which is more metropolitan, but it's still Tennessee, and so it's like we're probably behind. I remember when, remember when we were making the record with uh, Travis Wyrick, and he was saying he was kind of trying to tell us about like you're going to want to look a certain yeah. way and. And one of the things he said to Andy, I remember because Andy was our drummer and he was only like 15. And he said, Andy, you need to you need to find out what kids in L.A. are wearing right now. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. He goes, because that's what he goes, you want to look ahead of the curve. And right now, if you wear what's popular in Maryville, Tennessee. Yeah. You're way out of it. And no two guys more than you and me. Would such advice fall on deaf ears? Because we yeah. could care. We, we do what's yeah. just minimal to not to not. I don't stand take a lot out. of risks. Yeah, no, I really don't. Like I do what I'm told. You know, I, I trust my wife. Like, hey, I like literally, I'll go. Hey, do I look embarrassing and stupid? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to look good, but can you just keep me from looking embarrassing or and or? Stupid? Yeah, it's weird because I think uh, I don't want to draw attention to myself for the wrong thing. Right. So I would never wear like. 
I see some comics. One there was one comic he wear red shoes, like bright red shoes, and I just think, man, that to me it's so weird because when I get on stage, I want people to pay attention to me, but I don't like the idea of a distracting piece of clothing. Yeah. It makes me uneasy because I imagine like in, I'm in eighth grade and you wear red shoes, like look here, look over here at Bose because I have a thirteen foot too. That's part of it. So I would feel <laughs> it's like red skis. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. That's the idea. Like I want to control the narrative. We talked about that before. Like I want to control the narrative of why you're laughing. So I don't take a ton of other risks. Yeah, I'll take risks on stage, but I don't take like I'm not going to spike my hair up and be whatever. Although I did when we were in the band, I was spiking it like a son of a gun. Speaking of, we need to share the photo on Instagram that resurfaced. Uh, oh right, pre goatee. Yes, our our friend, she was just a kid back yeah. then, but Mandy Lester found a mm-hmm. picture from Knoxville days, and I have one in my office that I keep uh, yeah. up here, but yeah. this one was like a, from the same photo shoot, but wow, like I had like frosted tips, mm-hmm. and you were like, dude, you were angry in these pictures. Like, well, you can't smile, and if you're in a Christian rock band, that's the rule. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, so you have Jesus, the hope of the world? Yes. Now take the photo. <laughs> you have to be very intense. That's how you show how Christian you are. Because yeah, that's the thing when you're in Christian rock, it's like it's assumed that you're going to be soft or you're going to be like uh, a weak alternative to the real thing. So Christian rock bands would go over the top to be like edgier looking in their photos than they really probably should have. Right. Because you have to counteract that. So really we show odd. no remorse for our morose... Wait, remorse. Remorse for, for your moroseness. Morosity. <laughs> no, it's a real, like, I, I don't know. I, I look back, but you didn't want to be like shiny, happy people holding hands. Right. Most band photo. photos are that way. Or there's always the one person looking another direction than the other band. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. You, 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 you know, a lot of it was us trying to find, and I think that that particular part of the industry trying to find credibility. Like yeah. if we look too happy, then you're going to peg us as what you think of all cheesy Christians to be. Yeah, and you know, at some point, the bottom line was is, hey, just don't make cheesy music. That'll probably take care of it, no matter what you look like in the photo. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. We never, I don't know. We weren't very photogenic. I don't think. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You think that's for why, yourself, bro? I look good. You think that's why we didn't make it? Like, if we would have dressed like people in L.A., we had some decent music. I don't know. You, Johnny, can we unpack why we didn't make it? I don't, Let's just go ahead. We don't have long enough time here today. <laughs> or did we make it? Is there such a thing? No, I don't mm, think we mm, made mm, it. Mm, uh, mm. We made something. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what does that even mean? I mean, that's that's hard to define. Uh, we we sold some CDs. Yeah. Uh, we, we had fans. Yeah. Uh, people came to our shows. But, I mean, it wasn't, like, enough to move the needle. Like, nobody would ever remember us except the people who... You know, we're our friends and family. Hmm. It's like I could be like, do you remember the mid, you know, early 2000s? This band? They'd be like, no. Would it be great if we could at least call ourselves a one-hit wonder? Wasn't there a band in Iceland or uh, Finland? Called Scarlet Thread. Scar- called Scarlet Thread. Yes, there was. And were they, like, upset with us because they play, like, Finnish folk? Yes, they were upset with us, I think. Or we were upset with them. I no, I remember. don't. There's no way we were upset with them. I don't know. I mean. It was our third name change, but. Right. It felt it felt as if, I mean, we should have gone with Argeden. That's still one of the best. <laughs> you know, boys, you need to go back and listen to previous episodes for the story on the Argeden. Ark. Yeah, one of the producers said, well, you know, like, uh, there's in the Bible, there's the Ark. 
I go, he goes, what about Ark Eden? I go, what is that? He goes, well, you know, like in the Bible, there's Ark and then there's Eden. Just put them together. I go, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> make was, any sense. You try to explain it after that. You realized what level he was on. Yeah. You're like, wow, I can't. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to have a, a, a conversational bridge. You can't just put bridge. two Bible words together. Right. Pontius Ishmael. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just because they're two words from the Bible. Oh my gosh! It's like he was just playing that game. He just opens up and points to something. Uh, nobody was ever a verb. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody ever named their band a Christian verb, like smote. <laughs> you know? Hello, we're smote. We are smote. And then you start playing like folk music. That's a weird thing. The first song is called Smitten. It's so weird. Know. Yeah, it's, uh, we play like we're mandolins and sitars. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever put a mandolin with a sitar. Those are, I don't know. Those are strange bedfellows. <laughs> they are, as as is the phrase "strange bedfellows." <laughs> <laughs> I love I love resurrecting old English. I, I just I think it's always a a fascinating thing, and, I, and, it, and it quickly is fading. You know, it's very like there's things you can say now. Yeah, our vocabulary is uh, waning for sure. It is. That's why I like watching shows that kind of you know. Bring back Downton Abbey. I like Downton. You like Abbey. Downton? Yeah. You know they're bringing it back as a movie. Okay. Apparently, I think maybe a prequel type movie. I'm not sure. But um, oh yeah, that way you can because some of the characters died and you don't want to. Right. What do they die of in Downton Abbey? The plague. Uh, what happens? There is a Spanish flu after World War One. Uh, oh. So one character dies. The main guy. Who's don't like the, spoil it. You just asked me. I just, you don't have to get if specific. If people haven't watched Downton Abbey by now, like am I still waiting? <laughs> I wonder what the Venn diagram is of our listeners and Downton Abbey viewers. <laughs> I'd like to see those two overlapping circles. I think there's a couple things we can go ahead and say to our viewers. Yeah. Uh, number one, by the way, when I gave my app idea, yeah. somebody somebody sent me a message. Uh, Via Memoji. With a, with a contact to a developer, somebody who might be interested. Oh, about in the run thing? About the run. Go run to me? Yeah. And so I want to know how many listeners out there are going to steal my idea and try to capitalize upon it before we can do it. But then, and, and if you go calling it run for good after that, then that's the irony is really, is really deep. But run for good. Hmm. You don't like it. Mm-mm. You're staring off in space. You want something better. I like go run to me, but whatever, go, man. Go run to me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, but they can. Hey, we want to hear if, if it's Whataburger or if it's. Yeah, what's your favorite burger? Yeah, what's your favorite burger? Maybe if people like Five Guys. That's the big one. Yeah, I like Five Guys. And then they they dump the fries. It's too many fries. It's right? about the fries, though. It's too many fries. It's about the fries. And you know guys. when a fat guy says it's too many fries. Can you finish the whole bag? I'm a clean plate club guy. Yeah, I am too. I hate that about myself. I can go into a bag of fries and not come out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'll just see not, you tomorrow. Not come out. And it's like the big, like the whole bottom of the of the of the brown sack yeah, is it's, like it's totally see-through. soaked yeah. in grease. It's a window. And you don't, you, that makes it more attractive to me, not less. I'm not like oh my gosh, grease. Like well, I'm, no, because you kind of think like oh, it. some of this some of this has been soaked up. <laughs> You know how like when you blot a piece of pizza, you ever do that? Uh, I've seen people do it. You like, never blotted? I like the grease. That orange it's, iridescent. See, it's good fats. It's lipids. I like that. Is that good fat? I think that's avocado's good. good fat. I don't think that's good fat. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Uh, and then we also asked about what was the other thing we've already talked about in this episode that people could chime in on? Downton Abbey. Yeah. Do you do you watch Downton Abbey? And and if not, why? 
And I mean, is there something with your masculinity or your femininity? Oh, I don't think it's that at all. Uh, you just don't like things. I don't know. Something about the British shows—they all seem the same to me. Wow, you know? that's so stereotypical. Yeah. That. What, what if someone said all American shows seem the same? Well, they do. <laughs> Some people do. Like British people say that—that that everything's very, you know. I will say this: the first episode of Downton Abbey. It's jarring mm. for a while until your mind adapts to the cadence of the language, the rhythm yeah. of it. But yeah, that's the thing is I'd have to be like, what did he say? Because they speak very quick. Yeah. But once you're there, it really is like you've exited a certain level of English to enter another. And so you're 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 fascinated by it mm. and by its usage. And I do think that's one of those things. There, there, there are very few shows, I think, that raise your level of engagement and intelligence, you know, and I don't think it's always just about content. I do think it's about conversational uh, engagement. So the more that you're used to, like we notice, um, you know, Sadie will, will say things that seem to be a higher like sentence structure. She may, she may use a word incorrectly even, but it's in the right context, just not the best choice, you know, of word. Because we're trying to, you know, put together sentences. So she'll say all the time, you know, uh, Daddy, pray tell, what is that? Like, like she'll have some oh, thing wow. that you don't hear a 10-year-old say because I've been saying to her since she was a baby, hey, pray tell, you know. Oh, right. She was little, she goes, stop, my name's not pray tell, you know. I was like, honey, that's not That would that be a means. good name, pray tell. Yeah. Speaking of names, yeah. we have a friend, a mutual friend, who's actually finding out today the gender of their uh, child. Uh, I mean, the child's not born yet. Right. So that's that's why they don't know. But <laughs> It'd be a weird gender reveal. <laughs> and so we didn't want to know. <laughs> so they were asking for names yesterday. Yeah. And I suggested a name for a boy that I think is a great name and it got shot down. What was it? Huck. Huck. I think Huck's a great no. name. And you know where it came from? The night before I was watching West Wing and Toby Ziegler has twins on West Wing. It's while the president's daughter's been kidnapped. So it's like a big emotional thing. And they named the boy Huck, you know, short for Huckleberry. But I just thought it was a, yeah. I think it's a great name. It's such a, yeah. it's such a like, Huck. Huck, go long. You know what I'm saying? It's very like boyish. It's very, mm. well, it's the same reaction I got from them. Someone named Huck is listening right now. No, they're and not. And you are devastating them. I'm sorry, Huck. And you love uh, Mark Twain. And the, like, I like how Mark could Twain. You not, how could you not not even give it a chance? I don't know. He didn't even like his own name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he didn't even like Samuel Clemens. Samuel Longhorn Clemens. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It's Huck is too much. Just too, you think it's too like too folklore? Yeah. It, it feels country. It feels like rolled up jeans. You think it feels like a dog's name? Yeah. See, people say my like Huckleberry Hound. Like my daughter's name, Sadie, that they, well, my dog's name, Sadie, you know. It's like, yeah, until she becomes president, and then we'll see. I don't think Sadie sounds like a dog's name. Oh, sorry, then I shouldn't have told them that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sweetie, you have to be president now, Daddy said. (laughs) Please don't let me, don't let me lose face with these people. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Well, so speaking of weather, mm. earlier we were speaking of Arctic. Were we? Okay. So... Have you noticed this, that they're naming all the winter storms now? Like, they've named, like, they don't just name hurricanes anymore. They name winter storms. And I don't know if they go alphabetically either, but there was, like, Silas and Jim, and I don't know what they name them. But then they call them 
vortexes and polar. This is this just was on my weather. My weather channel just gave me a notification. It's called a bomb cyclone. Oh dear! Evidently, it's what happens when you get a polar vortex and high winds, and the pressure drops out of it. They call it bombing out. So now there's a bomb cyclone is, headed towards the plain states. Okay, is a cyclone what produces tornadoes? I, look, I don't know. I think it just means cyclonic winds uh, that are bringing snow and ice with them. But doesn't that mean rotation? Sure. So isn't a cyclone and a what's the difference between a cyclone and a, a, tornado? And a tornado? I don't. I, I mean, don't know. My wife would so. Know I know. This, well, right this is all we need a producer to be googling yeah, this so he can like would pipe in. Love it if this was anyway. Live, she'd the be bomb, calling in. Bom, and so I tweeted, "Bomb cyclone is the name I use at open mics," and that's what I write down. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's awesome, though, right? Bomb cyclone. It sounds really scary. It sounds like a rap group. It does a little bit like Christian rap. <laughs> Smiling on the cover. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, we're bomb cyclone. I don't know, Johnny. It's a little much when you say it. Yeah. Like it's... it's... When you say it after yo, <laughs> yo, we're... <laughs> I know how all the kids are talking these okay, days. Okay, so speaking of notifications. They're wearing their baggy pants. So we talked last week about how we both believe, you more so than me, believe that your phone is listening to you. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Why me more so than you? Well, you just really like took it and ran with it. And we're like, I definitely believe it, which surprised me because I'm kind of still skeptical that it's true. You're not. Dude, you're the, you're so conspiracy. I don't know that I believe. I believe that it's using our search history. I'm not sure if I believe that it's just listening to you, you know, talk about Joanne Fabric. Well, I know what you're about And then to all of a sudden me. a new sewing machine pops up. Okay, so we're talking on the phone. You're calling me and we've been texting about meeting for lunch. But no, you, we said it over the phone because you go. So I've been trying to get this podcast right. You were texting me to see if you could get the sound right. And then you said, you just want to meet at Longhorn for lunch. Right. I said, sure. Well, we meet at, no, we meet at Longhorn a lot. Because the so wings. So I will say that. Keto wings. Because the wings. Oh, they're so good. So I go, sure. Not I get sponsor. In, I get in my car. I hang up. I get in my car. I start to back up. Once my car's in motion, I get a MAPS notification that says... 18 minutes to Longhorn Steakhouse. That's crazy, man. I did not punch it in. And I sent you the screen grab of it. It was weird. Now, I get that sometimes if it's like I'm leaving here and it'll be like 17 minutes to home. Right, because you're, you're somehow it knows you're, home. yeah. Yeah. But either I, either that thing is self aware and we're all going to die, or I go to Longhorn way too much. And it's just kind of being like, hey, we know where you know you're what? headed, he fatty. He pointed his car west. He's probably going to Longhorn. It was like literally you're heading towards Nashville, and it picked Longhorn. I mean, here's the thing. What if it listened to the podcast last week? Like, what if it wasn't just listening to your phone? And it's trying to, like, mess with us. It wants it's like, to know. But it also heard us say that our phones listen to us, and it's like, yeah, it's like winking. But what if it's not the phone listening? What if there's a room full of people, like thousands of people being paid right now, and they listen to the podcast for the purpose, and now they're messing with us? So I read this thing about click farms. You know about click farms? Mm. I didn't know what it was either. Uh, so evidently in China and some other – I mean, I'm sure there's some in America too, but this will happen to be in China. So I click on the image, and it's this wall-to-wall -wall thing of shelves – it looked like a shelving unit almost. A rack of phones, hundreds of phones, all with content. And then there's like these two Asian girls sitting there. Because you have to manually click 
content. You can't trick it because each phone is attached to an IP address. Yeah. So you can't outsmart the algorithm and make it look. But in other words, you can pay Click Farms to give your content a boost. But it's really somewhere, somebody somewhere in a room clicking again and again and again. Liking it. Or liking it, yeah. So when you buy likes or when you buy follows, it's happening somewhere. It's not always just bots. Like, cause the, there's but been doesn't this, each phone have to be connected to an actual profile of some yeah, sort? I think it is, though. I, and somebody said, somebody underneath the comment said, is this what happens when you recycle, quote unquote, your phone? And then the person underneath it went, yep. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, we're in the matrix. So, like, if you give your phone, if you just drop your phone in, like, a recycling bin when you trade it in, you upgrade, it, it might end up in the hands of a click farm. And now they're using, they're reestablishing that phone as a whatever. Have you seen Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yeah. You did see it? Yeah, of course. Really? Did Look, you? I built Pixar. So you watched Wreck-It Ralph the first Are you surprised because I don't have kids? Yes. I love Ralph Breaks. I love the first one. I love. The I haven't finished it. We got it, and we started watching it, and then it was The first bedtime. one's better, but this one was really good, too. It was bedtime, so we didn't get to finish. But Sadie told me that I could watch the rest of it tomorrow because I was oh, going to bed. Nice. It was me going to bed. She didn't make you save it. <laughs> but um, in that, that, that reminds me of that. You know, they're in this this parallel, you know, what internal – micro universe you know inside the internet yeah where all the little likes are getting sucked up by vacuums and they're all monetized you know, yeah. have to check out i thought i was fascinating the little avatars and who's walking around and what they're doing well i don't know enough about it to really speak intelligently about it but maybe what it is uh, to your point about can't bots just do this i think this is an end around move because they've gotten rid of so many of the bots because you remember, like, Twitter had this big house cleaning a few months ago where everybody lost, you know, most people lost half their followers because they were all bots, bot accounts. Like, yeah. some of the big, high, you know, high-profile names lost a ton of their followers. I lost, like, 300 followers that evidently weren't real, and they were just bots who fi- who track you and then advertise to you. But they also give you con- – they, they like your content sometimes. Um, like, if, you tw- if I make a joke about a health spa right. and then – all of a sudden, I'll get followed by eight health spa accounts. That's somebody searching that word using a, some kind of a bot program. But there's all kinds of ways to stop that now because they know that it's damaging and can cause viruses and stuff. So I guess this click farm thing is a way to manually subvert that. I don't know enough about it, but it was it was super weird and like something out of like the Matrix. Have you seen? There's an app. There's an app that it. You download an app, it is a bot that harasses back all of the spammers. Oh. So supposedly some guy, and I was told yesterday, so you talk about the Matrix and like, you know, this is like Inception, like so many layers. I told someone about it yesterday and they're like, yeah, but what that actually is, is, you know. You've now the bots have now sold you this, so because you have to pay for the service, so they're now making <laughs> to go troll the trolls, right? They're making you pay now to stop them, who are the ones doing it in the first place. So it's like they're oh, causing right. the problem, then selling you the solution. Almost. They're probably the ones trolling you. That's what. Oh my that's gosh! What my, that's what someone Make told me. Explode. I thought, my gosh, that's that's a whole new level of suspicion I didn't think of. But so what it does is, and there was some <laughs> news story on it, like it literally will call back the spammers. And it has like 85 pre-recorded things, and it will try to keep them on the phone now. So it tries to waste their time, like that they've wasted yours, oh, yeah. with all kinds of funny, silly, stupid stuff. Like, hey, who is this again? Or, oh, okay, hold on one second. 
oh, you you just called, right? Like the, whatever it is, it's a recording. So they try to get a spammer to answer because they're calling back the numbers. And like basically wow. they're ruining the spammer's day. You know the story. I, I tell the story. No. What story? Of what I did one day to a spammer. No. You never told me this. I'm not. You, I'm you, not you're tired of getting hassled by the man. I'm not particularly proud of the story. I think you we turned were, the tables. There was, you know, in the last couple of years, I was involved in a, in a, in a pretty big lawsuit. Um, not to me personally, but one that I, you know, had to had to help with. Yeah. And uh, so I wasn't in the best spot, you know, mentally. I'd, I'd worked on some stuff all day, and I started getting. You know, we just, everyone I know right now is getting like 27 yeah. calls a day. I don't yeah, know what you're talking telemarketers. Yes, but it was a it was a, a it was all a scam. Like it wasn't real. Oh, okay. It's a scam artist. So this guy calls me. I happen to be at home that day. This guy calls and says, you know, sir, the IRS is, you know, you're behind the IRS. Right. We're from the IRS, and there's a warrant out for your arrest yeah. because you've overpaid. And and this guy goes as far to tell me that the sheriff has already been dispatched to my house and will be there in about five minutes. And if I can't talk to him, they're going to arrest me for, yeah. you know, uh, fraud or whatever, you know. Right. And I just, I just was done, Johnny. I decided, like, you know what? I take eight of these calls a day, and I'm just tired of it. So I was like, oh, no. So I just, like, feigned and went along with the guy. I was like, no. And I got a piece of paper. I was like, I need you to tell me your name. I'm going to make sure you have all the information for this. And, of course, the guy does not sound like he's in the United States. Right. Yet his name is, like, Joe Smith or whatever. You know, I was like, okay. Yeah. And, okay, and just in case I can't get a hold of you, can you tell me your supervisor? Okay, and what's his title? And, like, I started asking, like, a thousand Can really, I have your credit card number? really, really specific questions, you know, and he yeah. was right there with me. And I was like, bro, and will you stay on the phone with me? So when the sheriff gets here, just in case we haven't worked this out yet, maybe you can talk to him. Well, yeah, I'll be happy to do that. Okay. So I kept him on the phone like 10 minutes All doing right. this. And I was like, Joe, like it's been 10 minutes and the sheriff's still not here. Maybe you need to call and see what's going on. Like, and I just kept like, I kept, I mean, yeah. I, 20 minutes, I take the guy on a ride like this. Yeah. And then finally, he's like, oh, you know what? And he started getting mad, you know. And, right. then I, and then I just dropped a hammer on him about, I don't know. You, this, cur- you cursed re- at him, didn't you? I did not curse at him, but I yeah. told him, like, you know, impersonating a federal officer, an IRS agent, is actually a felony. And I've I've kept all the information now. Of course, you know, it's all fake, and I know right. that. And he gave me a number. I was like, can I get your direct line? And he gave me a number. I was like. It was like four, five, six, seven, like, eight, nine, I was 10. like, that's like, that's not, a, that's too many, that's too many digits. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, it works. I was like, no, no, not, not in the United States. It doesn't like, that's not a real number. Are you sure it works? So I just harassed him, harassed him, harassed him on this thing until yeah. he finally got mad. And I, I don't know, I found some like, I don't know, I'm not any better for it. And I yeah. didn't stop all the calls, but I did try to go toe to toe with the man one day. And, and I realized that the volume is just too much and I don't have the time for it. So, but you wasted half an hour with that I did. Guy. I wasted a lot of time just for the purpose of spite. <sighs> So, again, not proud of it. You were pretty confident that the IRS wasn't after you, John. I was 99% sure. You're like, dude, I have a pool. That the I sheriff... think I'm doing okay. <laughs> you stop talking about my pool. <laughs> my pool is four and a half feet deep, Johnny. It's, it's not like, awesome, it's not a huge, John. It's not a huge pool. pool. I don't know. My yard's basically a lagoon. And it's, oh, it's an old pool. It's and filling it has... up with water. Yeah. We had a lot of rain around here. We, we set have... records. It's a bomb cyclone. It's a bomb cyclone. Well, that's cool though. You has you get you got back at the man. There's a guy who's made a whole career of that. You know, there's a comedian Tom Mabe, and he's made a whole career of taking. He makes prank calls, but he also receives telemarketer calls, and he keeps them on the line. He has pre-made up stuff that he does. One time, he pretended that he was the police chief. He goes, "You're holding for Mr. Mabe." 
well, who are you? And then they asked who they were. He goes, well, we're, I'm Officer So-and-so, and we're at Mr. Mabe's house. He's been murdered. Did, now, how did you know Mr. Mabe? Well, no, I don't know him. And they started doing this whole thing. Wow. And it was it's amazing. Wow. It's, it's worth a YouTube search. Tom Mabe. I don't do a lot of, you know, huh? videos when they come to me. I don't feel like, you know, it's a great thing to talk about, Johnny. What? The use, the use of time. Like you we, just talked about wasting thirty minutes. I did. That was that was a very anomalous thing that I did. Like that. That's not my norm. Now I'll waste time watching West Wing or whatever. But right. see, but to me, I love the dialogue. Like it's in, it's improving me, and I'm engaging with the conversation in a, on a political, governmental, philosophical level with my wife at the same time until one of us falls asleep. Aaron Sorkin's an interesting cat. Have you ever seen interviews with him? Yeah. He's weirdo. He's an interesting cat. Yeah. He's he's yeah. He, I read an interview with him where he said when he wrote The American President, yeah, which I think is an amazing film. Yeah, he used cocaine every day. Did he? Really? Wow, <laughs> every day. That's crazy. And so that's like, not that far out. there. What's interesting movie. is the characters talk so fast back and forth, and you're like, this is a cocaine fueled dialogue. That's what it is. Sometimes the people, especially the press secretary C.J. Yeah. Craig, will say things that mm-hmm. are so fast and such like mm-hmm. huge sentences. Of actual things about you know this committee from this part of Congress met with this and that and this and I just go how long did it take to memorize that line yeah like how long did it take to it's a lot really, of very specific things yeah very very specific things yeah I have a buddy who does a bit um, about the three little pigs yeah he talks about how our he, the same thing we've been talking about how our our vocabulary used to be uh, in Shakespeare's day it was an average of six thousand words and now it's an average of one thousand words. He goes, so we have, he goes, that's why when we read Shakespeare, we're like, can we get this on a DVD? So he does this whole bit about how uh, nursery rhymes would be different and bedtime stories would be different if they were in Shakespeare's day. And he does a Shakespearean version of The Three Little Pigs. Yeah, it's really and it, good. And it's a viral bit. It went viral. But it's so impressive. It's a very funny bit, too, but it's so impressive. You stop in the middle of it and you go, how is he remembering all this? Yeah. It's like eight minutes of just without stopping dialogue and it's very elizabethan and 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 verbose but it's very good john brand that's john branion he's my buddy so look up three little pigs yeah. uh john branion and uh you'll see it's got probably four million views it's an amazing clip but it's very very funny but that's the thing there's there's bits like that in people and when somebody's giving like a ted talk sometimes you'll be like that was a big chunk of stuff to have to just rattle off like that i listened to a guy named robbie zacharias who's mm-hmm. a a Christian apologist, and he has some of that stuff where he just remembers from, from wrote like some C.S. Lewis quote or a Chesterton quote, and you're just like, "How's he doing this?" Yeah, I really think it's there's a lot of a lot of lost. I think there was a day in time where, in fact, um, if you read like eighteen, nineteen year old soldiers, both from the North and the South, yeah. read their letters home during the Civil War, yeah, the level of I guess uh, we call it verbose, but it's just it's just access to different kinds of articulation, access to to different ways of saying what they're saying. And right. these are not quote unquote educated. These will not be considered the elite of the educated. Like these are yeah. just hey, this guy's just a corporal. This guy's just a private, you know, and and he's been enlisted in this war. And you just, I I do think that the more the more that the ability to communicate erodes that it does something to us 
I'm not an alarmist. I'm not a sky's falling. I'm not a. I'm not trying to say everybody's dumb. It's not. It's not that. In, in many ways, we're way more uh, connected to to what is going on in the world, and it's killing us. Like to find out what's going on in the world is really difficult to, much. To, yeah. to to keep up with. But in terms of the articulation, you know, the the, the back and forth, the ability uh, to to have that sound dialogue and and to express what you believe or what's important to you or just what happened in your day in, in more than one way. It's not that people can't. It's that I believe that the uh, value placed on doing that yeah. has changed. Now it feels like a waste of time because it's inefficient. You know, it's all yeah. about efficiency in language and communication and efficiency. Just you leave something out then. Right. Or, or yeah, if you hear somebody being really verbose, it almost sounds inauthentic. Right. Like that's your guts to be like, well, this guy's just putting on airs. He's just trying to sound more educated than he is. Right. Sometimes that person really is educated, and that's just how they talk. Yeah. And you're like, you can't just be real, man. Just use some two-syllable words for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dumb it down for the whatever. And there's been, yeah, we've had generations of dumbing it down for each other, and now we're dumb. <laughs> you don't have to say it, John. I'll say it. I'll be the alarmist. <laughs> we're dumb people. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder sometimes how, how our... I guess it's not an inability. I want to be very, really careful there. It's not an inability. I think our lack of interest in engaging certain kinds of language, you know, um, I wonder how that affects our understanding of theological things. Yeah. Because I don't think that, I think, you know, I'm on a mission now to not overcomplicate the gospel. You know, it's it's not something like, I've done that before. There were plenty of times I think in my younger days, I thought, you know what, I can, I'm going to stand and I'm going to deliver something here that's going to be profound and now really my goal when I stand is like, you know, I would love to stand and deliver something so simple that it can't be denied, explained away. And it's yeah. not based upon my ability to communicate. Like as if, if, if its effectiveness is based upon my ability to communicate or not, then we're in trouble. Like I want something that is more – that is, is grounded and more transformational and is something that's real that's beyond whether or not I have that ability to communicate. We talked about that in this series uh, we're doing called The New Normal. We talked about like – Imagine if, because I, I may have said this the other day if I did stop me, but that you go to a courtroom, you know, and yeah. uh, I had to go to court the other day with somebody, and I heard a bunch of cases all day. And imagine if what we think of as articulating the gospel, which is a term we call witnessing, you yeah. know, which, my gosh, if there's ever a word that needs to be redeemed, like it needs to be, you know, recovered from Christianity, it's the word witness, <laughs> because it's, it literally means it, it conjures images of walking door to door, yeah. talking to strangers, standing on a street corner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just approaching people with a general question of, you know, hey, you know, are you going to heaven? You know, yeah. like it, it bypasses all like normal social interaction. It bypasses. I mean, it, it's like this cold walk up. Yeah. It reminds you of like somebody knocking on the door and then the family hiding behind the sofa. Yeah. We're not here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is like, it's like a salesman coming, you know, to it. Yeah. And so we were talking and I, I told uh, the church, I was like, you know, imagine if, if in court you said to the judge, you know, your honor, uh, I'd like to call a witness, but before I do, I want to tell you about this witness. This witness is educated as a witness. Like they are the best witnesser you've ever heard. Like they can testify. They've been through witnessing classes. Uh, man, they know how. They know the law so well. Like they, you don't even have to repeat the whole oath 
They have already memorized it. Yeah. They'll put their hand on the Bible and do it. They understand everyone in the courtroom, what their jobs are, whether it's the bailiff or whether it's the court reporter or whoever. Like, they know everybody's place in this courtroom. They understand the justice system. Like, this is the most qualified witness you're yeah. ever going to hear, Your Honor. And when they talk, you're going to know that they, they understand how to talk and what to say on the stand. But the only problem with it is, is they didn't actually witness the crime. Or <laughs> well, they didn't see anything. Like they didn't see anything. But boy, they can testify. And, and like, that's what we're telling the church. Like, you know, it doesn't take, it really would be a horrible witness, no matter how good at speaking that they are. Yeah. The only thing that really matters with a, with a witness in the courtroom, if we're going to use that language, is did they see something and is what they're saying accurate? Are they willing to talk about it? And when it comes down to the gospel and to faith, it's like the thing we should be talking about is not learning how to talk about this better, though that may be helpful. Mm-hmm. But it's really, have you seen anything? Right. Like, did anything happen to you this week? Not just in your past, not 12 years ago when this happened. Like, hey, that's great. Let's start there. What happened this week? Where in your brokenness are you sharing? Where in your story can you actually speak to something that's accurate? And are you willing to say it? Yeah. And then you might not be the most articulate because to your point, often we distrust highly articulate sources when they seem too polished or too, because we should, it's obvious. This is something that they not, maybe they're not putting it on, but they're a little too good at it. It's, it's inauthentic. Like what I really want out of a witness is, is dude, were you hiding in the corner? Did you see what happened? Can you speak to who was there? Can you speak to what happened? And I think that's what we're often missing is, is we're, we're, Losing something with articulation, we're also not not articulating honesty, not articulate. That, that, that's not in our language to say, you know, pastor stood up Sunday and he said, hey, and it was in the middle of his message. He goes, I want y'all to know I really struggled in the sin world this week. Like I really, really struggled. He goes, you know, I really yelled at my wife. Like I got really angry, not just like have an argument. Like I was, I was mean to my wife for a couple of days in a way that I shouldn't have been. Yeah. And you know what? You know how I've overcome that this week? It wasn't just, oh, things got better. Oh, he, you know what? I live with people who I can tell that to. And and they're helping me and walking me through and they're holding me to it so that I can confess and repent rightly. Mm-hmm. Like he's a witness to his own life. He's the one that saw it this week. Yeah, He's the one that saw then how his life was being transformed because he was being honest with other people to the point that it wasn't weird for him to stand up in front of the church. It's not a stunt. Like, I'm just telling you guys what I've already told my community this week. This is just second nature now. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, how those things are. Anyway, I just think the whole, like, what words we use versus what words we don't use and what we are willing to share, what we're not willing to share. If you tell somebody, hey, can you tell me about the gospel? They're like, ooh, I may not have all the words. I don't understand the theological, you know, components of it. And, and, and those are important. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're a witness, like, what did the gospel do in you? And And, and it may not be... The gospel, maybe it won't. It won't be. Well, it made me where I didn't make mistakes this week. And man, I'm so glad for years I made mistakes, and now I don't. Praise God, bro. I'm not. I don't believe that. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope you made less mistakes. But that's yeah. not even the thing. The mistakes that, that in fact, um, we heard an author calls that. You're just. You have the gospel of sin management. That's not the real gospel. Right. That there's so much more to it than just managing. You know, whether or not you had a bad thought, didn't have a bad thought, like. Talk about how Jesus with his people and because you understand his lo- deep love for you, how something in your life moved, even if it was hard and painful and difficult. So, Yeah, yeah I used to think about that. Like, I, I, I like apologetics and I, used, I love C.S. Lewis still and love Ravi and those guys. I think there's a place for them. 
And, uh, but yeah, like you're right. Sometimes it's like, um, there's a quote I read the other day. It says the older I, I, when I was young, uh, I was impressed by clever people. And now that I'm older, I'm impressed by kind people. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that. That's definitely something that's happened in me the last few years where it's my job to be the most clever person in the room. But when I, when I see somebody being kind, it, it overwhelms me. Yeah. When I see somebody that's like, they have nothing to gain by this or the, and they go out of their way to be kind or they can see change in them. It moves me more deeply now that I'm older. Whereas I think, we can we're so easily impressed by cleverness and and impressive words or what talent what you would you know we see talented persons like oh this person the sky's the limit for this person especially when we were in youth ministry together you know it was all about we'd see a kid and we'd think about their ceiling it's almost like we're recruiting a basketball player this kid's this they could do whatever they want yeah you know i can't wait to see what happens with this kid it's like well that's a lot of pressure <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Oh, absolutely. You know, so I don't know. I think uh I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be kinder now and let less clever. At least in my everyday life. There's nothing wrong with being clever on stage, but I think um kindness sticks out so much in society today. I think it is too. I, I read some quote, I can't I can't find it or remember who said it, but it said something like the day will come when Everybody in culture will be mad. You know, they were saying mad in terms of, right. you know, off or crazy. And so much so that the few people who don't, who aren't mad, those who are will say, you're not mad, which makes you mad. Like, right. because, because kindness, you know, you've, you've, you've lost that. Um, it's suspicious to people. Right. Yeah. What, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are yeah. you, why are you doing that? And I think too, kindness means doormat to us. Like we don't have that that balance, um, you know, of of saying, "Hey, you know, my real friends, my real friends, their kindness to me, their their love to me, is going to be all of the above. It's always going to be in gentleness, and it's always going to be in in a, a place of restoration and for my good. But I just I just don't need yes men. I'm very suspicious of yes men. I'm very suspicious of people who say and again. If if they're talking about Jesus and never talk about their brokenness, I really don't want to hear it. I mean, I just don't because what was the like? I don't I don't believe it because yeah. I don't think whether it was Paul or John or Luke or any of them, there was not a gospel that that was minus their own need for a savior in the middle of it. Yeah. And they're in their joy, their utter joy of having the moment of experiences. That's what they're talking about. Um, so if, 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 if there's not that, you know, so that's, that's when I'm like, I'm, I've, to me, kindness is all of that. What, you know, Proverbs, you know, um, uh, I think actually it's Psalms, my bad, you know, that says, let, let the righteous man rebuke me. You know, it's oil for my head. You know, I, I will accept it. Like there, there's a, I, I, I would want that, you know, um, what, who was it? Oscar Wilde, uh, of true friends stabs you in the front. Yeah. There's, that's basically Proverbs, kisses from, or uh, wounds from a friend. Yeah, can be trusted. Yeah. yeah, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Yeah. It's the same thing. Oscar Wilde totally lifted that. Absolutely. That man. guy. <laughs> Good grief. Let's get, him on a, let's get him on a call. He'll be on the next episode, <laughs> Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> We're going to work him in. <laughs> we, we, will, we do have a guest planned soon. 
Yes, we a actually special. had a guest. We actually had a guest today. We won't tell you who, but he had to cancel last minute. <sighs> and uh, so now you're stuck with Johnny. I'm so, sorry, guys. Although so I seem to be referencing a lot of these reviews. You know what? We need to talk about that a little bit, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the, the just so all of our – I'm going to tell you, listeners, you're amazing. Like you guys are suddenly getting you, the word out. You could do whatever you want with your time, and yet here you are. I mean, to talk about that, recommendations and reviews and shares, uh, we've almost doubled in our downloads in the last two months. From four, fact, four to eight. We've gone from four to eight. No, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to give numbers because, I mean, I don't know how to big That's numbers, silly. guys. Don't it's do silly. that. I can just say, though, that it's growing and there's a lot of questions, a lot of comments that are coming in. Uh, one here on our Talk About That Facebook page, okay. which you can go and like and just look up Talk About That podcast. Uh, uh, one said, my favorite podcast highlight of the week. Oh, yeah. And then yesterday, so nice. yesterday, uh, someone wrote John and Jolly, John and Jolly, <laughs> <laughs> John and Johnny strike just the right mix of interesting and funny, serious and silly recommend. I think that's from our friend Ed Wiley. I saw that. That was from Ed Wiley, yeah. Who's a comedian in his own right. He's very delightful. Comic. Oh, he's great. He's the goat. He's uh, a goat herder, farmer. Or farmer. Or he's a herder. Is he a farmer? Does he grow goats? I don't know. you got to plant them deep <laughs> and not too far apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a goat uh, goat farmer uh, and IT specialist and comedian and father of six. Wow, that's right. And I've heard him before. He's, he's wonderful. He's great. Ed's the best. He's done uh, shows here at the church before. He's tremendous. Yeah. Y'all need to go uh, go look up Ed Wiley. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he does an amazing President Trump. Yes, he That's does. kind of how he got started. He does a lot of impressions, but his, his regular comedy is awesome too, but he does impressions as well. And once you have an impression that's that dead on, it's hard to escape it. Yeah. So he's like, I don't really care to keep doing Trump, but it's so good. Yeah. His original clip has like... Six or seven million views on Facebook, and it's about if Trump, Trump uh, interviewing to be youth pastor. At your That's church. what it was. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. It's so good. It's very funny. The next one is a little disturbing. Oh, no. uh, it says uh, this is a comment on our podcast. So I don't know if you noticed that there's okay. two people in two the picture. People. Which was a pretty big deal for a while because when we started, you know, I wasn't sure when we started you were going to be able to make it every week with your travel and everything. But, you know, we we now own this very – we have from the beginning. But I never wanted you to feel trapped. I never wanted you to feel like that that we couldn't go so on. So you after. left me out of the picture purposefully early on. Well, I had to do – well, you know, we started a podcast two years ago. And then somebody really started traveling a lot, and we just couldn't keep up with it. So my thing was – Thank I, you for not naming names. I, I wanted to keep it going. And I didn't want you to feel pressured, so right. I didn't put it on. But then you wanted the pressure because you love it so much, and, and people like it. And, and I wanted you the I whole time. I think I wanted the attention. Okay, not the pressure. So anyway, now it has both of us, and it, it's it's talk about that with John and Johnny. And yet here's the comment. Are you ready? Johnny W. is hilarious, <laughs> and this shall become the most addictive podcast there is. So there's some histrionics there, Johnny. I what, mean, com- what comment is that from? Uh, it's just person. on uh, to click on them. You know, it doesn't say their names. Okay. Uh, that's odd. Wait, it's opening. The internet fails us yet again. Oh, no. I agree with the second part of what he said. I don't remember the second part. I stopped listening. <laughs> Johnny is the king of the world. This shall, I like the shall, too. This shall be the funniest. I don't know. I lost so it. This the is, page is not reloading. But, but the part about Johnny W. being funny and no mention. You know, look. That's like, look, aren't we a team? I mean, aren't we a kind of a, a duo, if you will? Uh, mm, no, we're not. Like in the same way that Goose and Maverick were a duo, 
Goose is a very famous character. Right up until he died. I'm okay being Goose. Like I'm all right with that. I didn't say you were Goose. Look, in the band, I was the harmony singer. You were the lead. If the, if it ever comes to it, though, just know that I will look down long, you know, like sorrowfully at your dog tags before throwing them in the Indian Ocean. <laughs> like you're gonna get a send off. I appreciate that. I really, really do. Look, I'm not and like a Kenny Loggins song. Come I'm not on. pretending to be as funny as you. Like, I'm not trying to say it's not about funny, John. In fact, if you look at my bio, I'm a humorist ish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Humorist. Like, it's not. I'm not. I'm not a laugh out loud comedian guy, and that's okay with me. You know, like John, my book. My book. I'm holding it up right now. It's a, it's it's prose, but it's satire and parody. You know, it's not. I'm not. It's, it's got very good. It's John. got. It's quippable. We're very proud of you. Listen, but. When are you going to get five minutes together, though, and actually do a show with me? That's the challenge. You'd have to coach me. People are doing it. Would you people, coach me? All over, people are doing it. Dave Barnes started doing stand-up in his shows. Yeah, but Dave, Dave Barnes is pretty funny, though. Dave, yeah, he was already kind of funny. He's pretty great. I mean, people laugh during my sermons, like, but that may be... Dave Barnes does this thing now on his Instagram. I can't pronounce And his Facebook videos called Dave's Five Hot Takes. And it's literally, it's super cool. It's just him talking yeah. about his favorite things in music. And I like it. Dave Barnes is really fun. No, he's really... I loved his interview with Ian Cron on Typology, on yeah. the podcast, uh, the uh, Enneagram podcast. It's so good. Yeah. He did stand up uh, for the first time. I had been doing stand up like two years. So we got tickets to go. And I was like, let's go see this. Did you get backstage? No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't know him that well. We did get tickets. It was at the Bell Court. So he comes out. It was like a Christmas show. And he was really funny. Like there was hardly any. Like you could tell it was the first time he had really done it for an hour. But it was so funny. And my wife was, I look up, my wife's like bowled over laughing. And he's very, yeah. he's very handsome too. So it's like he's very charming. Yeah. And I was, I was, I tried not to be furious, but I was just like. <laughs> It's He's hard. It's hard. To, time. Yeah. It's hard to come up with an hour. Yeah. To so I, he had been working on it. I'm sure on the road because he's funny between songs and stuff. But anyway, if you're listening, Dave, we love you and uh, you make me sick. But uh, but in a funny way. It's it's in a you know. See, I wish Dave's a seven. By the way. Okay. And so, like, yeah, I wish. Like out of ten, he just wants to sit at on enneagram. Oh. He wants out of nine. Right. He wants to you know that he's it's it's. It'd be hard for him not to just jump on Instagram and do five hot takes or whatever. Like for people like me and you, who are probably both sixes with seven wings, though you may be a seven with a six wing, like, and we're kind of introverted. Even though we is that like a bullet with butterfly wings? Isn't that a, <laughs> a six with seven wings? No, not seven wings. With a seven? seven wing. Oh, you have one wing, like a that, wing in the house. Your wing is either. It's, it's it's a number like, on like either you have s- several wings in your house it's a, or wings wings hello yeah no it's it's you have a wing on either side yeah okay you. okay so you if you're a six you either have a five wing or a seven wing or both like you 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 can't have a wing that's not a number right next to you so okay. does that make sense but if I only have one wing I'm gonna fly around in a circle <laughs> is that not how it happens gosh if my wife is your really whole hot, system is so flawed funny. but I just I, don't you ever do you ever just wish like even though you're a performer yeah that like you, you look at guys who just all they do is create content all day long yeah. that they want to just get out to the masses. Yeah. And like I love doing what I do, you know. And podcasting is so much fun, you know. But like sitting around just posting, I would be so much. I would have a much more successful career probably if you I would. just posted more. But I just 
it, it, it's hard. It after a while, like some of it's okay. It drains me. Like I don't get energy from it. Some people get energy from it. Like I don't. Maybe they don't get energy. Either. Maybe they get energy when because they know the results of it are coming, and that's when they get the energy. They get the likes and the views and stuff. Maybe that's where it's. Do yeah, you think but, they, but, do you think they're getting energy from doing it? I don't know. I think I think I will say this: when our listeners have been interacting with us the yeah. last two months, a little yeah. bit, I get energy from that. I get, right. but that's people connection. Because you know, people are out there. Yeah, a real yeah. person saying, "Hey, you know, we'll get some private messages." Hey, that podcast really helped me. Yeah, it's like when you always get this advice, like, "Well, just talk like you're talking to one person." But if you really thought it was just one person, it's pretty sad. <laughs> like comedians say, that, "If I've just made one person laugh." Yeah, I actually, I'll wanna, be fired. I want to read that. I'm not on a shameless self promotion. Are you really going to go to the quote in your book? I am. In my introduction. Here's an, here's an excerpt. Let's from, see. Let's see. It's an excerpt. I got to go find it. Uh, yeah. I was talking about my father-in-law. Actually, I didn't name him. I was like, the, the outdoorsman, if it crawls, swims, walks, or flies, he shot it, stuffed it, hung it on his mantle. He's a man's man. Perhaps you once watched in awe as he ate an entire bowl of cedar bark in one sitting just because he could. Or maybe those were pretzels. At any rate, the disturbing dichotomy is that you have probably also witnessed this expert outdoorsman fall to his knees, weeping openly with the loud cries of a schoolgirl scorned because after hours of failed attempts, he still could not identify the correct input button on his remote control. You have probably sat with him in front of the top of the line, 75-inch, ultra-high-definition television, only to find yourself watching the football game on a 30-inch, standard-def image displayed in the middle of this pristine screen, all because he was still using an RCA cable, a 7-HDMI cable. As you recall this moment, perhaps a single tear just stained your page. Listen, you can't just sit back and watch this anymore. Mainly because you can't see his screen unless you move much closer, but also in a logical, a larger metaphorical and abstract sense. You really can't watch it happen anymore. These severe cases of endorsement deficiency or ID must be treated, and this is where it comes to it. In fact, if this book only reaches a single person out there, then, well, the author will probably never sign a book deal again. Not sure by the significance of this, but since the author's backspace button is broken, true story, he's just going to keep writing. And you should probably just keep reading. So, I, I, yeah. If it reaches if one, they're, one they're never going to sign me again. So, hey, this is going out to Harvest House, though. Please. I'd love to do a volume, too. Harvest House, not a sponsor. I've already got all the but information. they're a sponsor of you, there's Yeah, they, they publish this They help pay book. for your big pool. Did you know that last night in Costco, I yeah. tracked down the assistant manager in Franklin and pitched the book? Because I saw you? local Nashville books, and my publisher is pitching those, but we're still in the course I'm of this I'm sure he year. loved this conversation, too. You know what? He actually seemed like he liked the idea. He just like, has to go through corporate, and he's like, I'm glad your publisher's pitching. I was like, yeah, but you have Nashville books on the table. I was like, yeah, but those went through, the, those went through corporate, too. Uh, but hey, well, I am in a, a little boutique out in Lebanon now. We're starting to place I saw some, yeah. that post that somebody shared that you're in a boutique. It's called uh, Wilkie's, Wilkie's Outdoors. Store. Damn. So, yeah, you should go to Wilkie's in Lebanon on the square. Tomorrow the world. Oh, my gosh. Today, Wilkie's. Yeah. It's a big shout out. It's a really cool store. If you like outdoorsman stuff, it's actually awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, you're killing it. a great it. place for an endorsement book. You can find all your John Driver needs at johndriver.com. Yeah. Hashtag John Driver. Hashtag. Forward slash. John and Jolly. Hashtag narcissism. That's John and Jolly. Dude, we should change the show to John, John and Jolly. Jolly. It, that sounds that is, more natural. Those roll off the tongue. Yeah. And you are very jolly. No. Yeah. You kind of got that. I've got the build for a jolly person. <laughs> I don't have the temperament. <laughs> so you're headed out of town. I'm in. I'm at Zany's tomorrow Ooh. with Jeff Cesario, who's this like, uh, he's done yeah. tonight's show and Letterman is great. 
uh, has been doing comedy 30 years. That'll be great. Uh, this got added to that show. That by, the time this, this by the time airs, this airs, you yeah, won't be have time to go see it. But uh, Atlanta this weekend and then Philadelphia the next day. How did your homeschool thing go last week? It was good. Yeah. Uh, did you yeah. open Did you open with the joke that you told me you were going to open with? No. <laughs> well, you didn't do it. What do you mean? You're talking about the... Yeah. Which one? You told me you were going to open with uh, I was gonna vaccinations. S- oh, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say... Hey, do you know what 700 homeschoolers, uh, you know what the difference between 700 homeschoolers and my dog is? And they'll be like, what? And I'll be like, my dogs have been vaccinated. But I didn't I didn't do that. Well, you got some other thing about like catching the measles or oh, something. Right. Who's got the measles? Hand, by show of hands, who has measles right now? Uh, but I didn't do that. No, that's a thing. That's a that's an easy thing. I mean, most of these homeschool families are very normal and they're great people and but there is there's a random there's a collection of homeschool well, families. Well, you were there. asked to do this mainly not only because you're funny, because you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled my last two years right. of high school, and so that's one of the reasons they chose me. It came down to like me and one other comic. They said, and they chose me because they thought I had a better connection to the the because I mean that's what Tim Hawkins did it forever, but he homeschooled his kids back yeah. when he would do it. So when he would do homeschool jokes, like it was like I are one, so I can say these. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I wish you get, you get a lot longer leash when you can. Right, be yeah. a part of the of the crowd. I did talk about how you can't do pranks because, like, you grew up hearing about these pranks in regular school. Like, when I was in regular school, somebody pulled the fire alarm one day, and I was like, "What? Well, I can't do that!" So I just set off the smoke detector, you know. And there's a chain, and we all run around the house. <laughs> but it's not the same. And you're headed to Atlanta, hot Atlanta, uh, a big church out there, and then I'm doing uh, Philadelphia, a marriage conference in Philadelphia oh. this weekend. Wow, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I know so much about marriage. Yeah. You need to laugh in your marriage. Laugh. And that's what this next guy's going to do. He's going to make you laugh. Get ready. Get ready to laugh together. Every marriage conference, the, there's a thing that marriage conferences do where I'm out. Like, is when the speakers go, turn to your spouse, knee to knee. Just get knee to knee with your spouse. And just look into their eyes. And they have a thing that, that you'll say. Like almost, almost every marriage conference will have a moment yeah. like that. I did that I, in that marriage conference. That's when I'm like, I'm out. You had a knee to knee moment? No, I had a, I had a, hey. you let, Make your vow. You do make, a vow. I was thing. like, let's make the vows with each other you should have made. Yeah. Like in one of those is I won't go to bed angry or whatever I want. It doesn't right. mean, you'll by the way, up, that you. will stay up and fight all night. You don't stay up and fight. It just means you have to make sure that you resolve <laughs> your relationship that that's night. The, even you know, if it's an old joke. I don't, we don't go to bed not. angry. I haven't slept since May. It may be good for you not to work yeah. it out that night. But you have to, you can't, don't be hating the other person or have unresolved conflict that right. is beyond a healthy level. So Right. It's a put, healthy level. Put the gun in a locked drawer. Right. You need to still sleep in the same bed and love right. each other. You know what I'm saying? So even if you're disagreeing right then. So, yeah. That's good. That's Every, good news. Everything. <laughs> Getting knee to knee. So, yeah. So when I hear knee to knee or like the. I did the, not say knee to knee. There's the, the marriage couple, too, that have like the headset mics. There's always that couple that's like, hey, guys. And they'll do, let's talk about a fight that we had. I want to just give you the normal, typical fight. And then they'll do this dramatization of a fight. Then they'll be like, now let's back that up and put God in the mix. And then they have the fight again. They do the fight again with God? They do the fight again, but like now with a godly response. And it's pretty corny. But I don't work with those guys. Like I work with people. Like when I do marriage conferences, it's usually either I'm not involved at all in the thing. But if somebody asks me and I know them. They're like, hey, we want you to come do comedy as part of this. I have to really respect what they do. Like, I work with this couple named Ted and Nancy Lowe, mm-hmm. and they're super cool. 
And they just, you're real high on the lows. I got you. They're real. I'm real, yeah. <laughs> I'm real high on the lows. No, they're great, and uh, but they're not corny. Like I told him early on, I said I need to watch your stuff, and but I've done like five or six events a year with them for the last couple That's of years because awesome. I, I have a sensitive cheese meter. That's what I call it. I said you guys don't set off my cheese meter, so yeah, I'm good with you. So. Well, that's great. Yeah. There's a chance me and you are going to get to do an marriage event next We're going to be that couple year. with the headset. Mic. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> I want to tell you about an argument John and Johnny uh, had. Now let's do that again. Yeah. Johnny, take off the wig. Okay, take it off, Jolly. Uh, uh, it'll weird. be like a Monty Python kind yeah. of marriage conference. It'll be great. Here's what the... not to say. Yeah. yeah so that would be fun. Well, hey, man, uh, good talk today and uh, had a good time. Thank you guys for listening. Seriously, uh, we, we had a couple – we're getting questions and reviews and other good things that are awesome. So send them, though, send them that way. You can, yeah, do it. You can direct message us if you want. It's John underscore driver on Twitter. You can go to our Facebook page, Johnny underscore W on Twitter. You talk can, AB that pod. Yeah, talk AB that pod. Uh, uh, or go to our Facebook page and give us a like there and, and a recommendation and, and maybe invite some of your friends to like it. So there's a lot of good things happening. We'll talk about that. And it's all, but it's not just us, Johnny. It's, it's all because of listeners like is. you. Thank you. We're looking for that $1,000 champion. We don't. This is not televangelism. <laughs> so anyway, we, we do have a good time, and we'd love for you to, to share every part. Oh, by the way, we are available now on Google Play. That's nice. So for all of our Android Moving users, on up. Yeah. Uh, there's the long story for why we're just now available on Google Play, but don't worry about that. Most just about know, us being super dumb. Just know you can go find it now on Google Play, and uh, that'll be exciting. How fast can you? Try saying Google Play quickly. Google Play, Google, Google Play, Google Play. Google Play, Google Play. So it's a difficult one, so... Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Hey, we'll see you next time here on Talk About That. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.